Welcome to Two Pizza Marketing, a podcast for small team marketers. You might have heard of the two pizza rule, which says the most agile, effective teams are ones small enough to only need two pizzas for a team meeting. On this podcast, every episode will be a candid, relatable conversation with a small team marketer, someone who is creating success on a scrappy level, learning from failures, and trying to stay sane. Whether you're on a team of one or eight, or you're wanting to join a small marketing team, this show is for you. Hi, small team marketer. Thanks for tuning in this week. I am here with Jennifer Carter. She is currently the customer advocacy manager at Happy Co., but she's held positions as a manager and director throughout her career so far. Most of her time she has spent in property technology, which is where I actually have met her before. Um, And so because of our experience working together, I asked her to come on the podcast because I know that she has managed many small teams in the past. So Jennifer, welcome. I'm excited that you're here. Will you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you. It's great to great to be back with you. Um, yeah, so I actually started in prop tech uh, multifamily oh, about 15 years ago. So it's been a while. Um, but as you kind of mentioned, I, I have held different roles managing different teams. And I started off as a property manager managing um, marketing teams and leasing teams on site for property management companies, um, which was awesome. Uh, then I've actually moved and kind of changed my trajectory of jobs to a director of marketing. Um, still with the property management side, um, overseeing leasing teams, uh, training teams, um, marketing with the regional managers, um, and how to market those uh, properties to to residents or prospects that are looking to to find a new home. So um, that has been a super great start to uh, where I am now. But in between where I am now and and that point, uh, I also held some uh, different types of marketing roles um, on the vendor side. Uh, So, uh, you know, writing content, directing, um, you know, full on team marketing teams, Um, probably the, I took the smallest, I should say, team of two and made it 12, (laughs) uh, um, which is still small, right? Mm -hmm. 12 12 people. Um, But I was a director of marketing for Smart Rent. Um, And so that one was really a great opportunity for me to manage a small team, uh, including content, um, design, PR, um, uh, all of those, you know, product marketing uh, folks. Uh, So all of those that kind of combined uh, into the marketing piece, I've had to kind of build and manage those, those yeah. folks. Um, so yeah, I, I've had um, different roles. And then after that, I actually worked for Fetch Package, so package industry um, in the apartment uh, uh, industry and uh, managed uh, PR, mm-hmm. uh, resident communication, resident communication, um, again, all of those different positions working uh, with events. I even uh, have managed an events team, um, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've had the, 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 the opportunity to, to manage quite a bit of, of small teams. Yeah. And you've been exposed to so many different areas of marketing. So being in the role now, customer advocacy manager, can you tell me a little bit about this role? Yeah. So this role is kind of a unique role and um, it's still falls under marketing, but as we all know in marketing generally, right? Like I feel like 
influencers fall under this category, right? Mm -hmm. Um, social media influencers, um, uh, resident referral programs, right? Finding those customers who are advocates for you and developing a marketing program, uh, where additionally, I am kind of tasked with creating new ways to generate leads for marketing. Um, so not the traditional lead generation type marketing or writing content, um, you know, from emails, it's more of the, let's warm up to those folks that already know you. And how can we use those folks to gain, you know, um, you know, more exposure and drive more, more marketing leads or awareness, brand awareness, um, to the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and I, and to your point, I have uh, a lot of deep marketing and been in the industry for so long. Um, so this role fits pretty well with myself being that, um, I'm connected to a lot of folks, um, in the, in our particular industry, uh, to help drive some, some marketing initiatives. Yeah. So have you created the program and already launched it yet? Oh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I feel like I'm building the ship while I'm driving the ship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I did um, start somewhat of a of a customer advocacy at Fetch. And so that's kind of where I brought that like base over. And now we're kind of revamping what I did there to fit the Happy Co brand um, and kind of what we're doing. Um, but, you know, customer advocacy could look anything like having a peer group of folks that you could go to if they would like to join our webinar, if they want to be, you know, kind of in our elite uh, group that says, hey, we'd like to get your feedback, right, on this new product we're designing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or that includes the referrals of, you know, a full-on referral program. If you refer somebody, um, you know, and we have a website and you have your own unique URL and we're tracking it, right, to drive more marketing mm-hmm. and brand awareness, um, you know, again, all of those facets were kind of still developing to roll that out, um, most likely Q3 this year. That's our goal. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I just, I love that because I feel like with marketing, the trend is going towards more like community-based content. And that's exactly what I feel like you're doing with bringing external voices and really trying to amplify them on things like webinar, like you said. Um, so I feel like that is going to be super successful and I haven't seen it done yet in property technology. And that's something I'm personally doing in the e-commerce space that I enjoy. And that's why I left property technology because I couldn't figure out a way to do that. So 100% will be behind you rooting for you <laughs> and I'll be looking out for Q3. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. it's. Good. I think you're right though. I think that it's something still new. I think it's always probably been done, but how to really take the opportunity and bring a full like program marketing base to it. I think people do it one off. Like we do it on an everyday basis, right? Like Mm -hmm. we refer somebody or we share what we love. Right. But like really taking that kind of to a, like a V2, right. And a formula formulated process or, you know, uh, strategy um, is kind of the the key here. Right. To to your point. So um, I definitely think influencers, uh, you know, having people, uh, shout your praises is, is mm-hmm. probably the, 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 the newest and best thing. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, with that, I want to dive into some marketing messes with creating yeah. this program. Um, yeah. can you think of one off the top of your head, just some challenges that you've ran into with creating this program, um, and kind of how you've solved it so far? Um, I think the creating these programs, and this is marketing, I think even as a small in a small team is something we encounter a lot is you have to do a lot, right? Like you have to cross collaborate with a lot of teams. And when you're building a program such as this, 
I, I don't know if I want to call it a mess, but it's definitely like uh, an opportunity because when you're dealing with customer advocacy and building things like this with customers, you have to take into consideration your sales team, right? Um, as well as your CS team, right? And everybody touches these customers. And so when I'm building um, a program, I really have to make sure that I am touching base with other folks that are touching these customers, right? And making sure that they, um, you know, sit in a great sentiment about our company, um, as opposed to, you know, as a marketing, you never want to reach out to somebody, you know, and ask for something if they're not super happy, right? Like that's right. not, that's not, that's not the best um, idea. Um, so I, I would say that right now in the stages that we're in, I'm really kind of beginning to peel back the layer of, you know, all all departments kind of doing their own thing and now having to have it funnel through myself and create this program and then having to have their input, right? Or their buy-in. Mm -hmm. And that can get messy, right? That can get messy mm -hmm. when you've got a lot of people, um, small team internally marketing wise, but then, you know, we Happy Co is a growing company, right? Like last year we were only 85 people. We're over 200 now. So oh, wow. like that has grown. And so there are some messy things that come with that, right? Like everybody's kind of in their own lane, we got to come back together. And so for me, I have always instilled being uh, whether it's a sole contributor or a manager to instill open transparency communication and ask for other people's, you know, input and buy in. Um, and I think that helps create less messy as you're creating a program in marketing, mm -hmm. right is to um, explain the why and get their support and be on the same page so that, you know, they're included. And it's not just, oh, marketing's kind of coming in and doing this without anybody else's understanding. Sure. Um, so it's really that, that holistic approach of like, when you're small, you have to make sure you're leaning on, um, you know, others as well. Um, mm -hmm. And not not just kind of rolling with what you as the, the person that's creating something going to just go and do and run with. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. So you mentioned a couple of different things that I wanted to touch on. So with growing so quickly and trying to make everyone feel included in the project, you have to ask for advice or feedback on certain things. So that can lead to a lot of different cooks in the kitchen, right? Yes, um, yes. And that can be messy in itself. So mm -hmm. I want to, I want to kind of think through this on how we could provide tactical ways that small team marketers, if they're navigating this specific situation, how they could try to eliminate some cooks in the kitchen. What would you say to that? I would say appoint a one person in that division to be your point person. So um, for me, like I would say, let me go to one person in the sales team and one person on the CS team mm. and let them kind of filter out the noise or everything else below them. Right. Or, or, you know, lateral and bring the top three things. Maybe like, it's like, Hey, can you bring me the top three things? And, um, you know, I'll do my best to make sure that those are included. Right. Um, mm. I, I think the other thing is to not overcommit. Right. Um, and to allow them to say, Hey, here's my feedback. What's the, or, or you ask them, what's the top thing that you would make sure that I, that I can include. Right. Because we can't include everything all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can't be everything. I think that's kind of letting them know, like I'm seeking your advice. I'm willing to take it. Right. And, um, 
and, you know, mold that into what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think in order to kind of keep the cooks at bay, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's really appointing um, the managing up or funnel up approach, right, is everybody can still have a voice, but have that one person coming to you from each department to kind of help facilitate. Because also, let's face it, we're all in meetings all day, like, trying to get everybody Mm -hmm. on a meeting, you're never going to get everybody like, you know what I mean? Like you kind of have to streamline in some degree, I feel like in order to push things along or to get across the finish line, right. Or or to to move that dial. Yeah. Um, So I I think that's probably a great way to, to kind of keep the cooks involved, but streamlining has how many are in that top layer conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like, yep. or maybe it's a questionnaire, maybe you just like let everybody, Hey, can you answer this questionnaire? I'm working on this project. I love your feedback. And then you can compile that all right. And, and kind of use that feedback where, um, you know, not everybody's on a call feeling like, Hey, um, I want, I want to do it this way. Right. Yep. A, l- a yep. little bit maybe less invasive, I guess you could say. I love that. Yeah. Pointing one person from each team, I think is a mm-hmm. really good idea. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was transparent communication. Uh, and we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but it's I know that you mentioned it's important to you to foster an open environment where people can collaborate and come ready with their ideas. And not just that from a work standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint, like if you need to go pick up the kids, go do that. So I want I want to dive into kind of how, as a leader, you would recommend other first-time managers like myself to foster an environment like that? Some tactical ways that you would recommend? Oh, the first one that comes to mind right off the bat um, is being just transparent. Like I, believe it or not, I'm I'm probably more transparent at work than I am anywhere <laughs> else, which is pretty funny because most people would probably be the opposite. Um, but I feel like when yourself as a leader or a mentor or you're in a group, like showing and being the first to kind of have those walls down is a really great way to uh, show who you are. You know, you, you everybody's a person. Everybody has feelings. Everybody is an individual. And I, I think that when you can show that your team feels comfortable, they feel like they're open enough. They feel like, you know, they don't have to hold anything back and in you know, everybody is doing other things outside of work, right? Like we all don't just live work all day long. Like we are, we are, you know, a natural human. So I I feel like for me, I've always tend to lean towards being transparent and open. And I've always come from the leadership style of as long as you get it done, I'm I'm cool with that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and I, I think because I want that same respect, whether from a leader above me or, you know, somebody in my immediate group, like I just kind of give off what I would like to make sure that we're all playing in the same field, work hard, you know, one dream, one team. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and making sure that um, we're open. And I have seen personally that like when I am, you know, uh, transparent and open and honest, you know, um, it, it breaks down those walls. Right. And because we're not in person, you know, when you're in person shaking somebody's hand or, you know, walking over to their desk, you can feel that a little bit more. But when you're on Zoom all day long, it's super hard to kind of like get that extra feeling all the time. And so mm-hmm. I think the way we have to kind of change that up since we're on, you know, Zoom and digital is is to vocalize that, right? Is to vocalize that, you know, hey, I'm going to be late today 
you know, I got a dentist appointment. Okay, great. Right. Because I think it also helps build bonds between your team and, you know, we're, we're not all that different from each other. Right. And so, um, you know, allowing people to be able to empathize with what's going on, um, I think is, is great. I think it makes the team strong and it makes, you know, a small team, a mighty team, right. Everybody's willing to pitch in. Everybody's willing to, you know, lend an extra hand. Cause that's, you know, a lot of times when you're, when you're, when you're small, you've got to do multiple things. Um, and, and everybody wants to be able to help, um, because everybody truly does care. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do think it starts with just being real and open and, you know, uh, uh, available, um, mm-hmm. you know, to anybody that you're working with. Oh, I love that. You just exude in, <laughs> like being an empathetic leader, like exactly yeah. the definition of what that is. I think, I think it is so important from the top down to see leaders do that because as my, like speaking to my own experience and just knowing other mid-level marketers that have been in those shoes where like, they're scared to say like, they have to go take an hour to go to a dentist appointment. It, it's a scary thing to say, and you don't know how a leader will take it. So to yes. hear them first say like, I'm going to go to a doctor's appointment, I think breaks down that wall to your point. I, I really, really, really like that advice. Well, and and I think to your point, I think that that's where people nowadays are looking for those types of leaders, right? We're all busy mm-hmm. and we we need to to understand like there's needs to be some flexibility, right? And in that, and um, I, I just, I think it's really key. And, and I will tell you real quick, and I, I think I mentioned this to you before, I mean, that was one thing that coming into this position was super important to me. It was like company, culture, my CEO, and, you know, the CEO of Happy Co, like, he is a great down to earth guy. He talks to everybody. Like he isn't just one that's like, I'm here to, to push this along and we're just going to do this because that's what we have to do. Right. Like he's just authentic and a real great genuine guy who, you know, believes that there's more to life than your job. And we're all here and we want to do our job and we love what we do. Um, but there's more to that. And that comes from the top up, which mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of companies, once you're get higher up, sometimes you lose that focus, but, um, I've been blessed to be uh, joined, have joined a company that, you know, has a little bit different of a perception, I think, than, yeah. than at least in my past of what I've had. So, yeah. Another thing that with my specific situation right now is that I inherited a small team. So when I joined post pilot, oh. um, I, I inherited a small team and, I knew coming in that one of the things I learned was not to come in and change everything, even yeah. though they do want me to do that. <laughs> to yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But from like a manager perspective with, with my direct reports, um, I really wanted to make sure that I maintained the culture that they had and also learn more about how they operate on a daily basis. So I ran this one exercise that I call my value chart where I give them the option they can create, um, oh, I'm running out of time. So I gave them this option where they could participate if they wanted to. And it was basically to outline why you value certain things about how you operate and then to think back to kind of what led you there. So an example for me was like, I value being in the know and staying up with trends 
And when I work that back, it's probably because I got my start in the PR world where I had to have a pulse on the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I could pitch reporters and hopefully get yeah. them to pick up my my pitches, which they want to always yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. And so, so running that values chart, I think helped my team get a sense for what I value and mm-hmm. um, just why I operate a certain way. And that I think can help you build that transparent communication to bring this full circle that we were talking yeah, about. Absolutely. I, I love that. I think that that's so great is like learning who your people are and especially coming into a new team. Like, you know, I did inherit a few new folks at smart rent and um, you know, I think that was the other thing to your point is never go in and change anything, like ask questions, really seek to understand. Um, right. So you can be a better leader and you can be a better team. Right. And in turn kind of, you know, grow the team, right? Because you have to figure out kind of who you have, where their strengths are, and then figure out who's best to add to the team, right? Yeah. Um, and, and as a small marketer, you know, you want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. We go with one of our one of our core things here at Happy Co is the right person in the right seat. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and you think about it, right? It doesn't necessarily, you can't, it, it can be anybody, but when you have the right person in the right seat, that truly is the right person for the job, then everybody owns their job, but is able to still work together. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that makes it super effective. Um, mm-hmm. even no matter the size, right. Um, mm-hmm. especially if you're small, I mean, our marketing team was actually, as a matter of fact, two, two, three, maybe three, and now we're eight. So, oh, you know, wow. yeah, still small, right. I mean, that's still small for a marketing team. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love your, I love your little uh, exercise there. That's pretty Thanks. cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Zoom gave me the 10 minute warning <laughs> sign. <laughs> so it's like, okay, got to wrap this up. Sadly, we probably, I think we chatted for too long. So like my 40 yeah. minutes. <laughs> so, um, okay. Well then um, the other thing I just want to discuss a little bit more um, that I find useful from uh, my listenership's feedback is that we love to discuss career advice. And given mm. that you've been a leader for so many years now and held that held those manager and director level positions. Um, I wanted to ask you two questions. One, what's a piece of career advice you've received that you disagree with? And then two, what's a a piece of career advice that you would pass on? Uh, One career piece of advice is I was straight up told that I was too East Coast for West Coasters. Like I grew up on the East Coaster side. And I will say that a, as a leader, watch what you say, because whether good or bad, it will stick with your employees and that really can change the trajectory of where they go. And I I think that's really Mm -hmm. great to kind of remember. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I agree with that? Absolutely not. Um, You know, I think that um, I, you know, I share my opinions and sometimes folks may not like them. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so, um, I, I would say that, um, you know, probably disagree with that. Um, I have a lot of folks on the West coast side that I, I am great with. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, that's just, you know, uh, one that I would probably not, not agree with. Um, and I live in the South now I live in the South. Um, uh, and then I'm sorry, your other question was what, when I could give myself younger years or yes. Yeah. A piece of career advice that you would either give to yourself in the younger years or something that you think is Mm. relevant that people should know right now. Take the shot. Take the shot. I think that um, quote yourself 
out there, give yourself the credit that you probably don't feel like you think you want to give. You can always obtain um, what your goals are. Like, don't, don't, you know, don't think too short of yourself. Like, I, you know, think that you can do it and put yourself in mind there and, and you can do it, right? Like nothing I feel like is um, not obtainable. And so I would say take mm. the shot, right? Like don't doubt, self-doubt yourself. Like, um, and remember that, like you, you know, you know what you know and don't let anybody tell you that, you know, it's it's less important or, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not as, valuable as as you think it is like yeah. I would say take the shot like in more or less or not like you you will persevere and if anything you will learn from it but it but without taking the shot then you would never know so um, okay I have a quick follow-up question on that because this is actually something transparently I'm struggling with and and that is imposter syndrome right now just mm. with being a first time manager um it's hard to like build up your confidence in something that you haven't done before, right? That credibility piece. What would you recommend to someone that might be in a similar situation as myself? I would say get a mentor, mm. get a mentor, a coach, somebody who you can lean on and help guide you through some of those questionable thoughts, because sometimes those just lie in us. And if we have somebody to bounce those questions or ideas off of, kind of gets you over the hump and you have a little bit more confidence in that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I would say, you know, surround yourself with one or two folks that are, you might look up to as managers and, you know, kick around some ideas, um, you know, that you can kind of feel like, Hey, they can give me that extra power to, to push through, um, and kind mm -hmm. of, you know, make it happen. Um, mm -hmm. and I've had plenty of those and still do. Right. Um, and I think that has, kind of kept me moving and being able to take the shot, yeah. right. Of like feeling like, Hey, I'm not in my own world because we can't even in digital mm -hmm. form. Right. Like we're over here cut sometimes by ourselves. Um, but yeah, seeking that person. Yeah. I love that. Great. I feel like I've, I've built up a pretty good small network of people I go to for specific questions like you recommend. And it all comes from those community events, which is something that I know that you're working on right now. So I would also yep. recommend yep. to people to try to get even in a Slack group where you can really yes. work on things such as two pizza marketing Slack group to ask those questions and just know that you're not alone. And like everyone goes yes. through this. That's kind of why I tend to share these things just so other people don't feel alone. But um, yes, building your network, I think can really help in those moments. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, I wish we had more time because I could <laughs> chat with you all day, <laughs> um, but I wanted to leave it off with you telling our listeners how they can find you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me a couple different ways. So you can find me on my personal website, which is Jennifer M. Carter. Um, Hold on. It's new. Yep. Nope. Sorry. Yep. Jennifer M. Carter uh, uh, at gmail.com. Um, my website is jennifermcarter.com. Uh, um, you can find me there. I'm also on LinkedIn all over. You know, we, yes. we chat there as well. Um, and it's just Jennifer Carter. Um, so you can find me there and I'll happy to connect with you. All right. Well, Jen, thank you again for coming on the podcast. This has been a lot of fun. Um, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, listeners. Melissa will be with you next week. Have a wonderful day. See ya.
Hey, Two Pizza Marketer. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or topics to suggest, we are always happy to hear from you. So send us an email at two, that's the number two, pizzamarketers at gmail.com or find us on Linktree at Two Pizza Marketing. Until next time, keep having fun and try to stay sane in the marvelous mess that is Two Pizza Marketing. Thank you.